Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. Oh my god, I am so out of sync when it comes to recording. This is like the fifth time that I've attempted to record, and I get up to like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm talking about, where I got to this part of the topic. Like, it's just been a nightmare, (laughs) and I'm just trying to get back in the swing of things, but... There's a lot of things getting in the way and a lot of life getting in the way. Um, To anyone that knows me and has been following me for um, as long as I've been doing this or even longer on TikTok, knows that I've always had issues with my teeth. It was something that I tried to cover up in the videos with angles and lighting, but Um, I had a flesh-eating bacteria back in 2016 that the doctors misdiagnosed as a tooth abscess. And when the antibiotics didn't work, after eight visits to an ER within 10 days, they finally found that it actually wasn't my teeth. It was in my sinuses that was kind of making its way down. I mean, my entire face was swollen. I couldn't even see out of my eyes and the doctors just I don't know kept telling me to wait and that the antibiotics would work but after 10 days they couldn't say that anymore because I was out um and it destroyed my teeth um I have an awesome dentist now that I work with and um I was referred to him by somebody that I really trust and they understand the trauma so you know they understand that I was trafficked through dental offices and they did everything that they could to make everything on the day of the procedure go smoothly and it was back in February and I've been struggling ever since when I first got the procedure done it was a relief We were able to talk about my history with dental care and kind of traced it back to something that had happened while I was being trafficked. Um, I had come home and I think I was taking like Advil or something for a headache and I grabbed a cup out of the cabinet and was just going to fill it up with some tap water to take the medicine. And I grabbed a cup that I wasn't allowed to use. Um, my, my mother was very into Mickey Mouse. And she had Mickey Mouse cups that allegedly I cracked making coffee in them. Not really sure if that's true. That's just what I remember. But I grabbed one of those cups. And I had my own cups with pretty much my name written on them and those were the only ones that I was allowed to use and since I wasn't using that my father came into the kitchen and we got into a fight that turned physical and he hit me in the side of my face like right on my cheek where my jaw was and I had a real bad TMJ from it But one of my back molars cracked and it went untreated for a while. And that just started a series of events that led to the flesh-eating bacteria able 
to basically invade my teeth. Um, but when I had the procedure done, I am like, I don't remember if I said that it was back in February. Um, I had told the dentist that I would just, that I had gotten approved by my psychiatrist to double up my anxiety medicine because I did not want to be knocked out. I just wanted to be numbed. Honestly, the worst part of it was getting numbed. That was so painful. And um, I was like jumping out of the chair. Getting the teeth pulled was a cakewalk compared to that. It was weird. But um, during the time when he was pulling out the teeth, I, I started to feel just relieved and that I was closing yet another chapter in the book of when I was sex trafficked. And I had crazy adrenaline rush. I was excited. Um, I was just so glad that it was over with. And I never had to wake up one day with my entire face swollen because of a tooth infection. And I struggled a bit with phantom teeth. Like, it's so bizarre. I bit my tongue and it hurt and I had no teeth or dentures in. Um, I still had phantom pain from where the infections were. Um, so I did struggle for a couple of weeks. But once I got out of all of the recovery, um, I wasn't wearing dentures because mine didn't quite fit. Um, I actually had to make an appointment and go back and get them adjusted. Um, but I hate wearing them. They're just so heavy and feel weird and they give me anxiety. I don't know why, but I can remember, I think it was maybe six weeks after the procedure sitting down and just crying to my husband that I lost my teeth, that I was 40 and didn't have any teeth. And I look at myself in the mirror and I just see this old woman and it wasn't fair that I had to lose that. And now I have this complex about how I sound because sometimes people say that I sound like I'm drunk that I slur my words and I'm an alcoholic. Other people just can't understand me no matter how hard I try. Um, don't even get me started on automated systems. I didn't do well with them before and I do even worse with them now. Um, but it's been a huge life adjustment. And I think a big part of that is why it's been so hard to record and to come in and just sit at my mic and talk and do what I've always done. It used to be this therapeutic thing for me where I would just be in a bad mood and I'd feel better, but I, I lost that and it really hurt and it made me upset. And I had a very intense couple of therapy sessions and 
finally opened up about it with my therapist. And I've always been self-conscious about talking. And there was a time in my life where I was what they call a select mute, I think, where I basically chose to not talk. Um, my parents always made fun of my voice. And that grew. The family would do it. My brothers would do it. Like, it was just the normal thing to make fun of me. Um, I was too high-pitched. I, um, I was out of tune if they caught me singing in the shower or wherever. Um, my voice carried so many things just back to back to back, just trying to basically keep me from talking. And now the teeth issue, I sound even weirder. I don't even recognize myself when I listen to recordings. I don't even recognize myself when I listen to ones before, but it's even worse now. Um, and I think that they spent most of my life to get me self-conscious about my voice to keep me from talking and to keep me from telling my story. And I fought that a lot. And I... I went through a lot of things to get to where I am and where I'm okay with sharing. And I do read the reviews. I know some people don't always, and I get some people say I have a monotone voice. I don't really know wh where that comes comes from, but it's just whatever. But um, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to get back to who I was before the dental surgery. I didn't think it was going to affect me the way that it is now. And I definitely think the involvement with the cult at the same time that that happened um, played a huge part in it. I was at one of the weakest moments in my life and I was dealing with all the stuff that I tried to talk about in the previous episode that I don't think I did a great job on. Um, but I got to work through it and I've got to force myself to sit in my, my office, sit at my desk and turn on my microphone and just talk. And like, to be honest, I do a podcast on Fridays with a friend of mine and I feel fine, but I think it's because he's there and I feel safe because I have someone that's sitting there with me that knows my story, treats me like a person, not a fragile little survivor. Um, but I feel more comfortable when I have someone. And I can't, I can't even post any TikTok videos because I just, I hate the way that I look. I hate the way that I sound. I can't go live. I go into panic attacks. Like, it's so bizarre what's happening, and I'm still trying to make sense of all of it. On September 24th, it was 14 years since my escape. I wanted to make an episode, wanted to make a video like I've done every year for the past few years, but 
I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't even bring myself to do the normal, um, I hate to use the word rituals, but the normal things that I do to celebrate. I was just, I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> and that's just how I felt for months. My therapist was concerned that I was getting depressed, but it wasn't depression. Um, we kind of dug through and found out I'm stuck in fight or flight again. I've been having terrible nightmares, and the nightmares aren't like the normal ones. Some of them are memories that I wish I wish I didn't have to remember. Um, but there was one that I woke up and it took me 10 minutes to figure out where I was. And I can remember like hearing my son's voice and feeling this panicked feeling in my chest. Like I just couldn't breathe because I was like, oh my God, why is he here when my parents are here? And I knew that I was in my current house and my parents were not here, but it's like, it took me like a few minutes to kind of grasp and get everything together. I've never experienced that. I've experienced sleep paralysis before. Um, that was something that my therapist asked if it was that, and it wasn't. That is scary too. I mean, gosh, I remember waking up a few times and looking at my husband and I can hear my inner voice screaming, but nothing's coming out. And it wasn't like that. It was, I just, I think I just woke up into a nightmare and went directly into a flashback. Or the nightmare was just that vivid that I wasn't quite aware that I had woken up from it. I, I don't really know. Me and my therapist are working on it, but there's just been so many things like that happening and I feel like frozen I think is the best word like um, the rest of the world time is moving but I'm just standing still and waiting for the dust to clear and I felt this way when I escaped I felt it throughout the past 14 years too so it's definitely not a new feeling for me but the thing that's weird is I don't know what triggered it I don't know how long I've been in this little phase or like mindset I don't really know a lot about it and trying to get to the bottom of it makes it so much worse so one of the places that I talked about in one of my earlier episodes that I was trafficked at was at the mall. And that mall, <clears throat> that mall haunts me. And I know there's other things that happened there that I just don't remember. Um, and I did a whole therapy session with my therapist to try to figure some of it out. I can remember being older. Um, I had to be 19 or 20. Um, probably 20 because it was after I had my oldest daughter. And a woman 
came up to me and we got into a physical fight. She kept calling me by a different name and accusing me of uh, having a relationship with her boyfriend. And I can remember pulling my ID out and showing her and saying that I wasn't this person. I don't know if that was related to the trafficking or I just had a doppelganger that did not care if men had a girlfriend or not. Um, I don't think I'll ever really figure out what all of that was about, but, um, that is like the oldest memory of something bad happening. Um, like when I was the oldest, I remember the times that I was trafficked as a child. I've talked about it in another episode. Um, but it was a few months ago, no, I'm sorry, a few years ago, that there was quite a few weird things that happened at the mall. Um, I had no longer lived where I grew up, and there was someone that worked at a kiosk that was arrested on terrorism charges. They never really explained more. There was a woman that performed a ritual in the food court in the middle of the day on her baby. Um, the baby survived. Just want to make that clear. So I kind of, I thought maybe there was something there after I got done the therapy session. So I Googled the name of the mall and did like, dark history of such and such mall and I've done this before in the past about certain places and some paranormal stuff comes up some blogs come up reddit posts things like that so I was kind of hoping for that kind of thing I guess and um nothing popped up except that the mall is being torn down and they are building something, I don't know, apartment complexes, shops, whatever, you know. So I opened up a news article and they, they showed part of the mall that was being torn down. And it just happened to be in one of the offices behind the stores that they used to bring me in that I was trafficked in. And I could see the door that was into the office, um, filing cabinets and different stuff like that. But most of it was in the process of being demolished. So walls and ceiling parts and things were all over the place. And in one of the pictures in the news article, you could see people standing in the parking lot and looking up at it. And my heart sank. And I just thought, that room, I never thought I'd see it again. And here it was in a picture in, on the internet, but in a view that was different because it was from the outside. 
and then looking at the picture of the people looking up at it and I mean I don't know about you but I do like to look at buildings being torn down some people just like that and I'm sure that's what was going on with these people that were up looking at it but I couldn't help but just think to myself like do they even know what happened in that room like do they know the evil that took place there or are they just like mesmerized by a building being torn down and it's hard because I left home because I couldn't be there anymore because of all the memories everywhere I went was a memory and even the good memories were painful because it reminds me of how normal my life felt when it very much was not normal even when I was having good memories but it's difficult to know that a place that I experienced so much trauma was just open for all the world to see and not a single soul looked at that room and knew that 30, 40 years ago, a child was brought into that room to be trafficked, that they were raped, that they were tortured, and completely traumatized. And I felt so exposed. I, I wasn't in that room anymore, but I felt like I was in that room, like a piece of me was left in that room. And to be honest, I feel that. And I feel it in so many different places. I have a series of TikTok on TikTok of videos of the houses that I grew up in that I was trafficked out of. And I feel like a piece of me was left in all of those houses. And um, while I was going through Google Earth and Google Maps to get the screenshots of the houses, I noticed other places around town that I had wanted to make continue a series about that. But it just, a piece of me in every spot was just left. And it, it might have just been a tiny, tiny piece, but it was still a part of me. And I kind of feel like I need to figure out how to get those pieces back. And I've been very blessed over the past few years. And I've built up a strong support system, something I've never had. I have an amazing husband, three beautiful, amazing children. My daughters have just grown into the most beautiful women I've known. My son is smarter than me and a lot of other people. And I kind of, I don't want to say like I took that for granted, but I kind of got wrapped up in all the good for a while that I forgot about the bad stuff. And I don't know if it's because I spent so much time 
ignoring it that it's kind of creeping up on me now. And I, um, I saw a video on TikTok right before I came into my office to record and it was a trauma therapist. Someone had left a comment saying that they were holding off on therapy because they didn't want to remember things. And I tried to listen to the video and hear the therapist's explanation. Um, I just, I'm one of those people, I don't really trust therapists on TikTok. Um, but she said something that a lot of people say, therapists, psychiatrists, trauma-informed advocates. I mean, you hear it a lot that you repress memories and you remember them when you're ready and when your mind feels like it's ready. And I've said it time and time again to survivors when I'm working with them and talking to them. But I remembered something just a couple of days ago and I'm not ready. I don't feel ready and I don't want to think about it, but I can't stop thinking about it. And the more I try not to think about it, the more I think about it. And I just, I don't understand why things are haunting me and why everything is just kind of hitting me all at once. And if I do anything that has to do with being a survivor or with trafficking right now, I just get slammed with memories. And I saw this thing on Facebook that was perfect. And it said, I hate having flashbacks of things I don't even want to remember. And that's basically what I've been going through. I've been having flashbacks of things that I wish I didn't remember and I'm not ready to. And um, I just got to thinking about a lot of things and things that I've been doing, how I've been handling my life at this point. And just trying to figure it all out. I used to be able to have a bad day or have a memory surface and just come in my office, sit down and work it out while I was recording. And I can't do it anymore. And I don't know why. Um, I just get scared sharing my story. And in November of 2019, I was asked by the local anti-trafficking organization to share my story. And it was the first time that I ever shared it publicly. And I was so nervous. I spent most of the time before my speech in the bathroom on the phone with my daughter and um, tried to get my strength together. And man, that kid gives me so much strength. I love her so much. I love all my kids, but I just, every time I come to record, I feel that fear again. The fear to stay silent, the fear that talking is going to come with fists attached to it, 
and I'm going to end up back in the woods digging my own grave again. And I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to move on other than to just push through. And I tell friends when I try to talk to them about it and say, eh, I'll be fine. I'll survive. I don't know how to do anything else but survive. But to be honest, I, I don't know how to do this. Everything else just came, and I, I don't, I don't want to say easy, but easier, I guess, would be better. And um, eventually, after time of sharing my story, it became to feel natural. But now it just feels like the most awkward thing. And I think it's like a mess of crap. It's the flashbacks, the nightmares, recovering from the cult, the anniversary, and that damn picture. But I, I lost a sense of myself for a while, and I had to be a different person. And not like I had to pretend and be different. I just, I had to be the Kelly I was before I even remembered. The Kelly I was before I knew it was abuse, before I knew it was wrong. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't be the survivor, the fighter, the warrior, the whatever. I had to just be a version of myself that had nothing to do with trafficking. And I think, I think that's why it was easier to do my podcast on Friday nights with my good friend Davey. It is just so fun to sit back and have a good time and crack jokes. He cracks jokes about my trauma, which I actually kind of like because he's kind of respectful about it in a way, but it makes me feel like a human being because I just turned into this fragile survivor when I started telling my story and he doesn't treat me that way. And uh, we actually did an episode with both of our daughters this past weekend. And his daughter said they're like two brother and sister or like an old married couple fighting. <laughs> and, but it's, it's just my safe space. And it's a place where I can be a version of me that's not so serious all the time, that gets to crack jokes and just be free. I don't feel like I have that freedom anywhere else. I feel like my social media, like you have your niche and mine is being this survivor. Um, I don't want to be that person. I, I can be, but, and I am a survivor, but I don't want my life to revolve around what happened to me. So... I'm going to try, and I know I've said this at the end of every episode, and it's taken a month to get back to recording again, but I'm going to try to start recording more. I have quite a, a couple of guests that I'm going to be doing recordings with, hopefully in the next couple of weeks when um, our schedules match up, and I'm going to try, but with the nonprofit and everything, um, 
my calendar has been full. I've been doing a lot of meetings and by the end of the day, I'm just drained and during the day I'm busy, but I don't know. I just wanted to record tonight and kind of open up a little more about what my mindset has been. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. And it's it's like a mental tired, like an emotional tired. And it's it's a tired I've never really felt before. And um, I don't know how to get through it. But I am taking all the proper steps to figure that part out. So hopefully soon I will get out of my funk and be able to get back here and record like I used to because I really miss it. It was it has been an amazing ride for the past like over two years that I've been doing this podcast and TikTok's been three years. Long, long time, but I'm going to leave it there for tonight. I know I kind of rambled and jumped around. Um, it's it's taking a little bit to get back in the swing of things. But um, thank you so much for your patience and for your continued love and support. It means the world to me. I've never had that my entire life. And I've never had people care about what I had to say and it feels good that people do and I'm sharing these these kinds of deep personal things not just because I want to get them off my chest but I can't I can't believe that I'm the only survivor that feels this way from time to time so I'm hoping that other survivors will hear and will feel like they're not alone in this world because I definitely have felt very alone over the past few months, like six or seven months, like since my surgery. Um, people only contacted me when they wanted to talk about drama. Um, if I didn't text, they didn't text me back. Um, it's been a lonely few months, but I have my amazing husband, my amazing kids, my crazy dog, <laughs> and um, I don't know. Any survivors that are out there, you're not alone when you feel like you can't do it anymore, where surviving is just too tiring, too exhausting. Um any that are sharing their stories on a podcast or social media, you are allowed to take breaks and you need to take breaks when you feel like you do. I was running on fumes for a very long time and I felt like I couldn't take a step back, but I've learned that I can and if you feel like you need a step back you take that step you take that time to get yourself together and you come back bigger and stronger than before 
and just keep fighting because we've all been through some horrible stuff. And I'm not just talking about survivors of trafficking. I'm talking about domestic violence survivors and survivors of all sorts of trauma. We've gone through horrible things, but there is a great life on the other side as long as you keep fighting to get there. Um, so I hope y'all have a great night. I'm going to be doing an episode in a couple of days. I'm contemplating if I'm going to do a video podcast um and if i am i think that might be a good one to start um but as always even if i go to video or not i'm gonna upload in to uh, just audio only um so anyone that listens to me in their car or while they're cleaning you'll be able to but um there's been some things going on and i definitely want to draw some attention to it but Y'all have a great night, and I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.